Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. We're live in the studio. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. You've got Aaron, you've got Alex, and you've got the next hour to hang out with us. Yeah, we're coming to you live from the state of Virginia. Live from your favorite <laughs> podcast listening app. Yeah. At the time of the recording of this intro, it is a Monday, technically. And Alex, how's your Monday going? Honestly, it's been pretty good. I'm well rested. I cleaned my home last night, so I got to wake up to a nice clean house. I had a delicious lunch. I'm getting things done, editing episodes of this podcast. So it's been it's been a good Monday for me. What about you, Erin? I love that. It's been a pretty good one for me too. I yesterday, so I got Sunday scaries on Saturday this week, which was not cool. I don't always get them, but I had like, oh my God, Saturday's ending and stress about Sunday. like doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I used some time yesterday to like journal it all out and like word vomit out of my head. And like, I wrote down the months of the rest of this year and all the months of next year. and just put the things that I know are happening in those months to like feel some sweet relief and have a visual understanding of like what's happening and what I've committed to. And then I started writing down like the awkward, uncomfortable conversations I have to have about just like weird, stupid boundary stuff with vacationing things. And something else happened in there that I can't remember now. But anyway, I felt so much better after I did that. Yay. <laughs> so highly recommend a word vomiting to yourself and see, I know what I did. You know what it is? Each of the things that were on my calendar for the next couple of months, I have traveled for the first time in a little bit. I like was traveling through the pandemic and then stopped for the last couple of months. I've been starting to stress about this travel and I'm really not a stress traveler, but I wrote down how I wanted to feel on each of these trips and like what would need to be true to make that happen. I'm like, oh my God, clarity. Woo. I yeah. will say you're probably the most chill traveler I've ever met. Like when we flew together, you're just like, yeah, here we are. Let's do the thing. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'll follow you. (laughs) But I do agree with the word vomiting. Sometimes you just got to, you just got to put pen to paper, get it out of the brain. You know, there is science. My therapist tells me about how like specifically journaling has a unique effect on the brain because it's those two things coming together even if it doesn't make sense like you will get that relief because it's it's thought to to physical or whatever I'm not a therapist obviously I'm just a a podcast intro (laughs) co-host that's funny Um, uh, yes to all of that and have you tried um, non-dominant handwriting I was an only child I have okay what do you mean (laughs) what you get bored I can write my full name with my feet oh my gosh okay have you done it in conjunction with journaling I haven't journaled with my feet no okay (laughs) for you listeners out there I'm trying right now (laughs) (laughs) okay I love the foot for bringing the feet into this a whole different podcast we just got spun into 
Okay, so maybe we'll try the foot journaling and see how that goes. And for anyone else listening who's like, what are you talking about? Non-dominant hand. So something you can do when you're like stuck and in your head is ask yourself a question like your inner child, if you will, of like, what do you need? And answer it with your non-dominant handwriting instead of your dominant. So it will kind of look like children's handwriting because it's imperfect. And it's interesting when you start writing like that, if you let the voice kind of come through and be expressed, what actually comes through. And sometimes you learn some like interesting shit or it's like so simple, but in a way that you're overthinking in your head. I will try that. That sounds wonderful and and silly and fun. <laughs> and then we'll figure out like the foot methodology. I wonder what, yeah. you, what wisdom are your feet holding? I'm sure it'll be very grounding. Uh, I'm going to go there too. I love it. All right. Well, enough about that. <laughs> enough about feet. Let's talk about Rachel. Let's talk about <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> so Rachel Everington is a magical being who I met on the internet. I don't know because time isn't real, but maybe a couple years ago. And I think we met through Tasha Booth, who is also amazing. Definitely check her out. And Rachel was in my dynamic coach training program last year. And she has continued to work with us in different capacities. And she's brilliant, particularly at really support. And what I mean by that is there's, you know, something that happens. We all want support. We all want team. Maybe we don't, maybe that's Mm -hmm. a broad generalization, but when you want team, there's more than just like picking someone, (laughs) you have to know like who they are, (laughs) how they communicate. And like, it's more than just doing the job. It's the art of actually like having a relationship within your business. Who's then also someone who's helping you almost as your ally and building and maintaining relationships with your clients. So it's complicated. Rachel talks about it all. And yeah, she's a gem. She knows all the things and she has her VEA recoded program, her mentor yeah, program. That's right. So she's, she's taught me a lot about the, the VEA world through seeing some of her content. So yeah. yeah. So she has an agency called Executive Ninja, where she actually has a whole agency of like super support squad. And then she also teaches VAs, EAs, virtual assistants and executive assistants, um, Mm -hmm. aspiring assistants, if you will, to come into this online world, build their businesses, work with great people. And a lot of that is the relationship formation in addition to doing the things. With that, we would like to read you her bio now. Rachel Everington, agency owner, consultant, coach. (laughs) Rachel Everington is (laughs) Rachel Everington is the CEO of an executive assistance and operations agency that supports business owners by removing the day-to-day overwhelm so that they can get their time back in order to focus on revenue generating activities. A consultant to businesses. I read that right to support them on their business infrastructure, <laughs> team management, systems building, standard operating procedures, strategically mapping their visions, customer journey workflow, strategy, and client experience. She is also a coach to other done for you service providers to create a profitable and sustainable business. After waiting for years to finally get her miracle baby, she had left the corporate world in order to create a business that provided time and financial freedom. She is dedicated to helping others build a business they love in order to create impact in our communities and much more by providing white glove support. 
Ooh la la. Mm -hmm. She believes that people buy people and not businesses and that we can all succeed if people were to treat others as humans with love, respect, and compassion. Oh, what a beautiful message. It is beautiful. If you want to learn more about Rachel, you can go to Instagram and search the Executive Ninja or Rachel Everington. Yeah. 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 This is yeah, fun. I guess go ahead. this is fun. And I guess she'll be showing up here soon, huh? <laughs> so soon in your podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> That's an air um, horn. I love that. So I just had an idea through this that we should absolutely have different music that goes through the different parts of the introduction. <laughs> Oh, we'll save that for another time. In the meantime, listener, please go back, re-listen to that bio. And I want you to make a soundtrack in your mind of like what we're yes. doing there. Yes. And on that note, right now, you'd have some nice uh, transitional music bringing you in to the main episode. <laughs> Rachel, welcome to the pod. <laughs> Woohoo! So glad to have you here. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you for having me. <laughs> my pleasure. I am so, so, so excited to chat with you in this, this kind of format because we get to go a little bit all over the place, <laughs> which is always fun for me. Um, always the best and, conversations. <laughs> right? I think so. And I would love to start off by asking the questions I ask all of my guests, which is a rather wide net. So feel free to take this any way you want. It can be long. It can be short. It can be the whole podcast, whatever. Who are you and how did you get here? Oh yeah. Now I see why it's very elaborate. How did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> That's multiple stories. Tell us the um, stories. Yes. yes. Well, I'm Rachel and I am a, a business owner. I run a executive assistance and operations agency. So I support businesses in their day-to-day operations, their day-to-day -day business task projects, where they, when they are feeling anxiety, overwhelm, they have all the things running through their heads. I'm sure if you're a business owner listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's a blend of business and personal and you just need help. And that's who we help. Right. So yeah. And we have currently a, a small, but mighty team of ninjas is what I like to call my team members. And that is because I think that is what we are. Most people that work with us, they say, you know, one time I had a client saying to his friend, like, oh, the, the, the ninjas emailed me. And his friend was like, oh, what, who, who are the ninjas? And he's like, I don't know. They're like assistants, but not assistants. I don't know what they do, but they're, we just call them the ninjas. And that had to be the best compliment. Like we're stealth, you know, like superhero, but yeah, so that's what we do. And how did I get here? Oh gosh. So short form is I've been in the administrative executive assistance world for 20 plus years. So I was a EA, administrative assistant, legal assistant, a sprinkle of retail here and there, but everything had to do with customer support, client support, supporting leadership team, or even just supporting team in general. It didn't have to be part of leadership. And I really, really loved that. I didn't realize it at the time, but that was my zone of genius. And I continued to fall into those type of jobs. I thought like back then it was a job is a job. I got money. And then fast forward, I landed in this corporate job. I was there for eight years, which was very surprising because I never stayed at a job for more than two years or maybe even a year just because I was always <laughs> bored or some political bullshit was happening with leadership team. But they were amazing just because it did feel family. Like you hate and love them at the same time. And it was always constantly on the go. Things were changing. 
And then I happened to have my miracle baby. And once that had happened, I thought to myself, I love you guys, but I didn't wait all my life to be stuck with you. I want to be home with my kid. And at first I didn't realize what I was going to do. It was just a decision that my husband and I made. And that was like, kind of like our dream vision for our family was for me to be work, work from home, stay at home mom. And because that's what I always wanted to be. So I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was telling everybody at work because they was like, what's your next step? And I'm like, I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. And you can tell by their faces. They're like, oh, okay. All right. And so I disregarded knowing I was going to do something. I just didn't know what. I fell into the virtual assistant world when I was kind of researching. And I was like, this is it. Light bolt hit. Like I can actually work from home. And the funny enough at my corporate job before I gave birth was I had spoken to the leadership team saying, why can't I work from home? Like I could just take my laptop. I'm not really needed. I'm no longer at the front desk. Someone took that over from me. I kind of shifted to business development and legal department, even though still doing the EA things. And they said, no, they were very nine to five old school big wigs, <laughs> you know, saying, no, it's not possible Like you can't do it. And I have to be honest with, which I'll extend the story a little bit. I, I felt like it had to do with me being a woman, me being Asian and just saying no to me because they can right? I, I was just the help. No, you have to be here. Don't care. It doesn't matter if, whether you're productive or not, you have to be here. So I, when I found out the virtual assistant world, I really, uh, light bulb really hit. And I, I realized like, oh, I could do what I've been doing for years at home and get paid for it. And that's what happened. And within my first year of business, I really grew and went full throttle. The same, very same year, mindset shifted, got my two dream clients, got too busy, started already hiring team members at the end of the, of my first year. And I ended up being an agency without realizing it at first, I hated to call myself an agency. <laughs> and this is where we are now. So now, yes, I have an agency. I'm okay calling myself an agency and I love every minute of it. I love working with our clients. I love working with my team and the impact I'm able to create both business and personal I know this is just the beginning. I know there's going to be, it's going to snowball into something bigger that I'm very excited for. I don't know what it is, but I know something exciting is happening. Mm, that's incredible. Thank you for yeah. sharing. Thank did you. you, when you were little, did you think that you would, did you want to own a business? Did you see yourself in that kind of capacity? Partially, yes. I just didn't know it really was possible for me only because growing up in a very Asian family home, the two things you're allowed to be is a doctor and a lawyer <laughs> and nothing else was really possible. Right. They, that was their goal. And therefore like parents set that tone and you think like those are the only two jobs or else you're going to be a failure. And then come elementary slash junior high, I realized I could own a, be a business owner. But again, I didn't think that it was possible because of limited resources. I thought I wasn't smart enough coming from two immigrant parents that really didn't know how to guide me. I, I, I had wonderful elementary teachers, but there's also the other half where they're kind of either dickheads and ditchy, you know, and really they're, you know, that they're just there to do the job. And so I didn't think it was possible. And it really hindered. I felt like I always say to colleagues, and I think I've even said this to you, Erin, at one point where the, the regret, I'm, I don't have any regrets. So hence why I put mm -hmm. air quotes, but 
is I wish I started sooner because at this point I felt like I would have been a millionaire by now and making changes to the world, right? Mm. If I had the right resources or someone to guide me when I was younger. And so there wasn't, that was like the only unfortunate, but I think everything happens for a reason at its own time anyways. And I'm okay with that. We are here now and we're doing great. So. Yeah, I feel like you've got to trust that. It makes it much easier to sleep at night, not thinking yes. about the millions of dollars and if that. But, no, 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 but I'm totally on the when. same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating to watch, and like I, I lovingly called, I referred to me and my friends as cockroaches the other day, because uh-huh. in the online business world, like we've been around for ten years. And like, this really wasn't cool. No one knew what we were doing or what the heck I was talking about until like maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so to see the people who have been around that long, you just kind of do like, look at each other and do that nod of like, mm-hmm. and oh, now yeah. yes. there's 50,000 courses where they'll teach you exactly how to blah, 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 blah. And we're not talking about how this is all, it's all the same. Number one, <laughs> you have slightly different nuances, but like, it's the same uh-huh. thing. It's what's worked for you that you're now packaging. I think the, for me anyway, I'll speak for myself versus everyone. The biggest lessons in all of this, once you understand how to sell, once you understand strategy, like, and, oh, I need to sell things. I need clients. This is the client I like, right? Once you get those blocks in the right place, mm-hmm. that it's so much relational stuff that really is the core of building to make sure you're keeping relationships, to make sure that you know how to manage your clients once you have them. It's like all the stuff before and after the sale that's mm-hmm. really like based in the human parts and growing into this version of me versus an older one, like that, oh my God, send me up for a course on that versus <laughs> how to build the funnel. Exactly. And it's so funny you say that with your friends is because I took leadership courses back in high school. Mm-hmm, so this mm-hmm. is not the, this is not the first time me talking about leadership. Right. I was in love with entrepreneurial leadership back in high school. Mm-hmm. And even when I was working in retail coming out of high school, again, it was customer support. Some of the places I worked with were based off of commission plus a very low hourly rate. Mm-hmm. And people were always wondering like, why was I successful in getting my commission? Again, it was because it was relational with your, your customers, your clients. Yeah. Right. So the, whatever I'm regurgitating online is nothing, you're correct. It's nothing new, right? That's and so most true. people didn't get it back then because all, all it was back then was money and sales. Yep. Okay. So this is, this is great. We're going to, this is a fun conversation. Get ready, mm-hmm. everyone. <laughs> Number one, like you just totally lit bulb, lit a bulb for me just around like, yeah, the leadership classes. I didn't do any business stuff, but I somehow in high school, And I say somehow, because that's how I felt in the moment. I was the president of future business leaders of America and had no idea what I was doing there. I was like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, how did I end up in this room? It was like my homeroom teacher was the, was the um, facilitator of the club. And Mm -hmm. then like, they just needed people to run. And I was like, yeah, okay. But never did I identify as like that. And Mm -hmm. I was telling someone the other day, my first group coaching program, I was in a program called banana splits. That was for kids of divorced parents. Like when I was in first grade. So like, it's interesting to just like the way that we are pulled to things that at the time you're not like, oh, this is my life path, but those (laughs) patterns do end up coming back. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. So one of the things that you just touched on is like the, so the whole relational piece. And I feel like you talk about this beautifully when you talk about the way that assistants like can assist, but as leaders, 
And when they kind of like take that posture within the business, and I know you teach this both in your like VEA recoded program, and then this is what your agency actually does. So mm-hmm. can we talk about that and like discuss a little bit the differences between the doers who, which are very supportive and can be super helpful in certain Absolutely. seasons, mm-hmm. but then the difference between that and having this executive level support, because I know in the online world, we throw these words around. <laughs> it's confusing because no one's, we're not speaking the same language. So help us break it down. Absolutely. Oh my God. I love this topic. So what I realized, and when I first started my business, which was almost six years ago, it was a virtual assistant world. And the, in, when I started to learn more about it, people were like, oh, if you hire a VA, they're experts, they're contractors, you can hire them on your team. They know what they're doing. And I don't know where it shifted. And it may have been just like when the pandemic started, because we started getting the wave of entrepreneurs coming into the online space. But I felt that the virtual assistant title that existed six, 10 plus years ago really got watered down. And that could have been just changes in how people had showed up or maybe the wave because of the pandemic, whatever the case may be, I started to realize for the last two, three years was that VAs and virtual executive assistants are two different things. As you said, VAs are task doers, and that's wonderful. Exactly. I totally agree with you. They are a great support team when doing the thing. They're amazing at it. I've run into, you know, VAs who can take that checklist, run with it, and it's done. You know, they're very efficient and very effective in that way. But virtual executive assistant, yes, is another level, higher tier level. And we call them executive for a reason because they're supporting an executive. They're also a partner to an executive. And what do I mean by partner? Because a lot of people don't see executive assistants as partners. They see them as help, is really leading and managing that executive. So sometimes, and again, this requires on the CEO's self-awareness or emotional intelligence, that they do realize they need to depend on their EA, right? They think they're just to help and give the task list, but really the, what they really truly need, because sometimes we get clients that says, oh, I hired a VA and I'm still overwhelmed. I, nothing is being done. And, you know, I'm still having to do the thing or micromanage them and all that stuff. And it's because I'm like, You're, you needed an EA. You didn't need a VA. You didn't need a task tour. You need someone to actually manage you and take the lead. And so when I explain to them what that looked like, what it is, is really being anticipating their needs and being ahead of it, kind of understanding what they are needing without them knowing or understanding what they are needing, if that makes sense, right? And that is when they get the aha moment. And when you are able to show up by action, that is when they start to see, oh yeah, she's definitely more just insistent. She is literally my other half in business, right? Actually, I hate even saying other half, even in personal relationships, I say, I hate saying other half. I think showing up 100% you, other person showing up 100% you, and it becomes a power couple of 200%. <laughs> There's no half. I love that. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I realize, realize that as I say that, because everyone is so used to saying half. And I'm like, actually, I don't believe in that. It's fully you yep. coming in. I love it. Um, and so, and then what does that mean by managing them? So it is managing what their needs are, managing their schedules. And yes, that means sounds so simple, but, but it's, not. it's not, it's not, 90% so of people think they can manage their schedule. They cannot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what I mean by that is even, it becomes even more overwhelmed to an entrepreneur who is where they really do take their business and their personal life and it's blended. So as we're working, and Aaron, you know, this cause you've got two kids, you know, you may be 
slacking a client, but then your kid is asking, Hey, mom, when is lunch? So you're doing two things at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe Mm -hmm. other multiple things at the same time, maybe vacuuming while you're texting and while you're dealing with the kid. And that is a lot of it on its own. So imagine the relief that you were able to receive that like you can be very intentional, mindful and present with your kids for a moment of 15 minutes, do, you know, get lunch ready. And, and knowing that your executive says, don't worry about the email. I'll send the email to the client, letting them know they need X, Y, Z in order for you to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you could think to yourself like, oh no, I could do that. I could do that faster and better because it's only going to take me two minutes. But people also need to realize when you say that, and every business owner is guilty of this, including myself, is that we'll say, okay, yeah, I'll email them. And three days pass when really you could have just delegated that to your EA and they would have done it right then and there. Versus Stop calling me out on my podcast, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> uh-huh. What are you talking about, Erin? I would never I do that. I love before we hopped on, I was like, oh, I should ask. I should ask for these two messages to be sent. You know what? I'll just do them. Okay. Yeah. I'll just have to do it after this podcast. Uh-huh. It's fine. Yep. I'll get to it. But I also said I was going to do it yesterday. So yeah. Yeah. Boxer is your best friend, by the way, everybody, because when you do reach that realization, like Erin just did, mm-hmm. I will box and be like, I just realized I've said this to myself. I'm going to do this like last week and never did. Mm-hmm. Can you just do this for me now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Let, let's dig into my uh, thoughts around this. If you're open yeah. to that, absolutely. <laughs> right. Because here's what just came up. And I think this is interesting. We have to have boundaries in our businesses, right? Like when I think about clients and like how they can um, interact with me to get the best results so that I know that like it feels incongruence with our agreement, all that stuff. I typically don't give Voxer access anymore because, because a lot of times it's word vomiting and I'm here for that. But like in this season, I don't have capacity for that. So I just take it away. So I don't, right. So there's no back and forth around it. Mm -hmm. That said, when it comes to team stuff, I then find myself hesitating to be like, oh, we're going to use Voxer so I could word vomit because it almost feels like a double standard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that comes up for you at all or how you deal with that with your clients. I understand it's totally different. These are different relationships. I understand that intellectually, but that hasn't fully like (laughs) settled in my body. Yeah. 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 And I totally agree. It is two different scenarios, two different relationships. And we are all guilty of that, including myself. Yes. I can tell you Voxer has a limit of 15 minutes because I've already tested it with my operations manager. (laughs) Hi, Lisa. (laughs) But the way we do it now and my operations manager and I realize that too, as well, when her and I go a lot back and forth, especially when it's word vomiting, because sometimes for her and I, we have that understanding. It is efficient and productive for both her and I to go back on Voxer versus being on a meeting because we are juggling a bunch of things. So I would say, don't be hard on yourself if it works for you because you're juggling multiple things and it is efficient and effective for you versus jumping on a meeting, then do it, right? There's no hard, fast rule here. It has to feel good to you. But if it's distracting you and you're feeling overwhelmed by the back and forth and feeling like you're on call, then that's a different thing. Now we have to set boundaries within boundaries. So what does that mean? Boxer, limit your time. I tell clients and team, I'm active via communication 10 to 3. Early beyond that, I'm still working, but don't expect me to answer. I could if I felt like it. And we also tell our clients, and sometimes even like students that I've taught in other containers, is that we say, you can word vomit all you want, but in the beginning, tell me what the question is and then provide me context just so that I can start thinking while I'm listening 
In addition, if it's a long story, break it up into increments of three to five minutes long, because then at least if I have to go back, I don't have to listen to the whole thing to find the thing within the message. I can, I can tell between all the, the different increments of five minutes and messages, right? That's what I mean by boundaries within boundaries, kind of put limits to it and make it work for you. So, yeah. Smart. Do you find that, so you have like a very interesting perspective on this, I imagine, just because you are both business owner and having your own team and kind of going through these things and then supporting other people as the lead person on their team or, you know, (laughs) your team being that person. Is it hard for most people to fully trust and be supported? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's two ways. So there's one where we have clients where they end up having a hard time trusting us because they've already had previous experiences with VAs or EAs with not supporting them the way that they, you know, wanted to be supported. Right. So our team really takes it to the next level of TLC, knowing that they've had that history and also giving them a little grace. So for example, if a client where it seems like that they're constantly nudging with questions or checking in, we'll give them a little grace. It's not, I see in Facebook groups saying, oh, if a client does that, cut them off and fire them. No. <laughs> How are you building relationships? Do you do that with every relationship? Your, your husband, partner, kids, friends? No, you wouldn't, right? You would have a conversation with them. So when that happens, we already know their history. So we're going to give them a grace and we're also going to have that communication with that client. We're going to like making sure that, hey, we're able to ask you questions because we know we're trying to build that trust because we know that you've had previous bad experiences and that know that eventually our goal here is for you not to ask us, checking in with us constantly on a day-to-day basis. However, please make note that, again, here's our active hours. Please send at a time. We'll check in with you on the hour, every hour, but we won't check every minute of the day either, right? So, and then there's times where clients do trust us because beautifully enough, we just get referred. And so they have now shifted their mind like, oh, instead of working with a VA or a new VA, because they're being cheap about it, thinking like, oh, I'll get more bang for my buck if I hire a cheap VA. And whether that be local, domestic, or international, doesn't matter. But then they realize that, let me try something new, something different and work with an agency. And what they also realize is that when they go through different rotations with VAs and now working with an agency, they realize that the responsibility now falls on the agency to find new people. So they save time and money with that regard. Yes, an agency may cost a little bit more than say a solo VA or solo VEA. However, when that team member is on vacation, is sick, decides to leave. That's not on the business owner to now find their next executive assistant. It is up to me as the agency owner. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Fascinating. Thinking about agency stuff. So I personally like, so I've been service provider, been coach, have been consultant. I do all of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Well-traveled in my cockroach tenure over here. (laughs) And even now, I think what I've actually like landed in, in this season, in addition to having a completely separate additional software business is that I do do it all. I'm just kind of owning that. Right. So there is room for like, there is a micro agency because for years and years and years, people have been asking me for the thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Finally, I was like, 
okay, but quietly. Like, okay, but slowly. Okay, Mm -hmm. but let's make sure it's fun. (laughs) And it's been interesting having some conversations with people because they, there's usually just a curiosity because, (laughs) because sometimes people don't know exactly what I'm doing, which some would say is a failure of messaging, but actually it's not because they all ask me the questions Then we have great conversations and I get to point them in the direction. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother topic. But anyway, talking to people about their feelings and experiences of agency versus contractor individual has been really interesting. And I'm wondering for you, how has that been as both a business owner and when you're out there looking for people working with different organizations, how how do you feel about like, what can you look for in an agency? I think really is my question that can tell people like, oh, this makes sense to trust. What are kind of those indicators and those factors when you're looking for an assistant and maybe looking to individuals and agencies, what are the green flags? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So I would say that when looking for an agency, one is just see how they even just show up in social media in general. Mm-hmm. I always say people by people, not by businesses. Most of the coaches, including yourself, Erin, that I worked with, mm-hmm. I don't care for what you teach. I, I just love listening to you in general because I watch your Instagram stories, your Instagram reels, mm-hmm. and I want to know more. I don't know what that is if I need it, but I want to know more, right? So I'm willing to work and invest in coaches that I know that will still provide value to me, whether that be business, me as a person and self-development and not really the the thing that they teach. I just, I just want to know what are you going to talk about? Cool. So I can be prepared, but that's how I look at it. So if a a client were to look at my agency, seeing um, the website, the about me page, I, I think I did well. People usually compliment me on my about page when they like you know, fill out an application saying they read and loved my story. And so really getting to know the person behind the business as a human being, I think, and, and maybe again, this is a whole different topic, Erin, you and I could touch on in another podcast episode mm-hmm. yeah. is like in a world ran by white old men, they're so stuck in their ways of role marketing. However, people are talking about it now that they end up feeling disappointed because is people are regurgitating the same shit over and over. It may not work because they're missing the human relational piece, right? Mm-hmm. So um, really checking if an agency is, yes, their human level, understand who the CEO is, what their mission, vision, and values are in their business. So if you see that they're talking about causes that they love, that they're against you know, certain things that you, you know, feel that share the same values as you, then that's probably the right people you want to work with, right? Mm. Because again, it's, 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 think of it as dating. You're going to try to see that person who can be your partner, right? Mm. Yes. Um, the other green things is really not even prior, but even jumping, most people offer a 50 minute consult call or discovery call as they call it. You can think of it as a sales call, but you're not jumping on that sales call just to get all the information, what they're about or what the process is, but really doing a vibe check. What is their energy like? Are you, could it be a person that you can talk with on a daily basis about business? A sprinkle of life and personal, because again, I think that is important to know about the person as well. And if you can vibe with them on a day-to-day, talk with them, and you don't feel like, oh, I have to message this person, (laughs) then you probably want to work with them, right? Mm -hmm. If you're really feeling it. And 
during that, even during that sales call, and even if you do decide to work with them, what their process really looks like, because their process is going to look, is going to show you that they have their shit together. They're very organized and that they can lead you. So I can't tell you how many times I've gone on a, off a beautiful sales call and the person says, what next? Great. I'll send you a follow-up email. And then within that email, they're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to accept what next. And I'm like, don't worry. I got you. You don't need to ask me what's next. I will lead you. Mm. And they get excited for it. And it's that customer experience. They're like, oh, she, she knows what she's doing. I'm going to back off. She's going to tell me the thing to do. And that already is shadowing what the relationship is going to look like going forward. Mm. I'm already leading you in the sales call. I'm already leading you in the onboarding process. So now you're going to see how does that look like times 10 when we really get a kick in. I love that. Yes. I could. Yes. Because these two things together are so powerful. I completely agree with you. Like the vibe check for me is such a thing. Like I want to be with people I like that. I respect that we're values aligned in everything. That's just like, <laughs> want to be in my world, please. Like checking boop, boop, beep, 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 scanning <laughs> aligned <laughs> values next. Okay. But then that to me is like a hidden like masterpiece within this is paying attention to the process because we're not all looking for that all the time. And I think, especially in the assistant realm, something that I have experienced, I know my clients have experienced is that when they're looking for someone, they find a person, you get on a call, you send them your link. So you are kind of owning the process, but I love this idea of sort of depending on the person to lead, see how they lead you. Cause that will tell you so much about what you're about to step into. Absolutely. And I, I would even tweak that statement even a little bit too for the mm -hmm. process part is make it not, even though we try to automate things to make mm -hmm. our lives a whole lot easier. And some people mm -hmm. may seem robotic, but there's a way to make it very high touch where mm -hmm. they're still feeling their hand held and leading them, holding, literally holding their hand and guiding mm -hmm. them like a little child, you know, mm -hmm. that they'll feel safe. So mm -hmm. think of it like when you're holding your child's hand, right. And mm -hmm. guiding them through the playground, they're going to feel safe in your hand because you're, you're the one leading. Mm, I, I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. What would you say? So when someone, let's say you have an assistant, you've hired, you did the vibe check, you felt like the process was strong enough to move forward. Right. And then you are kind of taking a bit of a gamble here because we don't know how anyone's actually going to perform. We don't know what's going to happen mm. in life. Like there's just ah, the scariness of hiring, right. And full, depending on someone, <clears throat> what would you so let's say that you get into a situation where you're like, this isn't exactly what I wanted, or I feel like I'm still kind of having to over-explain myself or like, I want them to like, ah, ask me the questions, but how do you teach someone to ask me the question? You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's that cycle and spin, spin yes. around the like, oh my gosh, would love to know, like from your perspective as someone with all of this experience, like what can someone do when they're in that situation? Is that a, you know, you hear people say hire slow, fire fast. Do you think that's worth working on? Like, what do you recommend in situations like that? Yeah. Oh my God. That's a, that's an amazing question. So for me, when people are having trouble with like that, they're feeling that they're not getting the, the right support. I don't think it's firing fast. I mean, it could go both ways. I've done both ways. I've hired slow and hired fast. And not to say one way was wrong more than the other. It's what I needed, but I, I would say I would just be more cautious in cautious in like the, the process, making sure that they had the right tools or resources in order. Like if I was going to move fast, making sure that my shit was organized in order for them to move fast, right? 
So I don't believe in that statement of like fire slow and fire fast. And the fire fast part of it, I think is really a disservice to you, your team, your clients, company in general. And the reason I say that, of course, if they did something illegal or completely against your ethical values, yes, I do agree, fire fast, I've done that. <laughs> but, but if it's more of a communication issue or that you feel not feeling supported, I don't believe in firing fast. I believe in checking in with the person and have a, a, a conversation with them, right? People really eliminate the, the conversation. And I believe it's people who, again, don't have the emotional intelligence or self-awareness that there's kind of, they, they don't want to have the hard conversation. They completely disregard it and say like, nope, I'm sorry, but if you're going to be a CEO and a business owner, you do have to have the emotional intelligence of being able to have those hard conversations with your team when shit hits the fan, right? You can't fire every single person that's not sustainable. <laughs> so having those hard conversations with your team member and the, for them to ask to support them in order for them to ask the right questions to you is really diving deep into your preferences and nuances, right? So for example, I'm going to say, when I'm looking for a ninja, I want someone who is not a slow talker. <laughs> I'm always on the go, go, go. So I can't have a conversation talking to someone this slow. And then also them understanding my needs. Like I always tell my team, hey, I don't want to micromanage anybody, but I just like to be kept in the loop. So I know what's going on in order for me to have your back when someone like when something hits a fan with a client, with another team member, give me a heads up, right? Or even if it's just something about a project, hey, just keeping me in the loop, because again, if the project goes to shit, I already have a plan B, plan C already in place because I've already had that experience, right? So understanding those preferences and nuances, really having the EA ask you the, like the intimate questions. So what does that look like? Asking them, Hey, how would you like me to communicate with you? What are the platforms? How often do you want me to communicate with you? Are you the type of person where you always want to be in the know, or you're like, stop bugging me. <laughs> understand that about yourself, right? The other thing too, is for an EA to ask them, what is it based on your past experiences? If you had a previous VA or EA, what felt good and what didn't feel good? Because if you can understand the CEOs, what worked and what didn't work with the previous VA or VEA, then you can start auditing the, the type of support that you're able to provide going forward. What irks them? What really lights them up? And then if you catch a red flag of what they're speaking saying, oh, it didn't work out with their VA because they micromanaged. I can hear that he wanted to check in with her all the time. So you can, again, from the EA, you also have to have that conversation with the client and say, hey, if you're open to it, I think that the issue was you micromanaged her too much. I'm not all about that. How about we try this? You can definitely put up boundaries. The client will definitely respect that. And you as a business owner, as, a, as an EA, as a um, service provider, and then they'll also look at you with respect because they're like, you're thinking ahead of them. You're thinking about them, how you still have their back, but I got boundaries too. I love it. I love it. The, the whole conscious conversation piece of this or critical conversations, whatever we want to call it, but like the hard, awkward, oh my God, everything inside of me is squishing into a ball because I have to say these things. And also on the other side of that, when you get that email or when you get that Slack message, that's like, feels mean. Like you receive it and like it hits you. 
holy moly, like that's the stuff that needs to be taught is like how to handle that. And I feel like a big part of my first couple of years in business was dealing with that and learning how to navigate that and kind of developing a voice around that. And it is integral. If I was going to tell people one thing to kind of focus on, like your communication skills, right? That is the relational skills. And it is so important and it doesn't necessarily make it so it's never going to hurt you again, or that you're never going to be scared. But when you have the tools to communicate, everything is a bit easier. Cause at least, you know, that like, you can take a minute, go for a walk. And like, then you can sit down and write the email. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell you being in business for six years, when I get an email, whether team or client, it will, it still hits me hard because we're mm-hmm. mo- emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. So you get that cringe in your heart all the time. I don't think that ever goes away for me, but yes, you are correct. And once you are through experience and, and being able to have those hard conversations, you can navigate that, that conversation. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you end up saying, it really wasn't that bad after all. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, I think it's, something I didn't realize that like, I fully understand now, I think because we, I say we, so I used to, um, years ago, Jamie Jensen had an agency called your hot copy copywriting agency. And I worked with her as like the director of operations and head of all the writers and a writer and blah, 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 whatever. But in that a big part of my role was like handling client experience. Right. We had a, such a solid onboarding process and sales and our boundaries were like crystal clear that once, if anyone ever did have like an issue or a situation where we had to go back and forth, it was pretty easy to actually, you know, get hit by the wave of, ah, (laughs) and then regroup and center and then be like, hi, like, thank you so much for your email. This is like what we outlined in the beginning. This is where we are. Here are some options. What would you like to do? And to maintain that kindness and clarity because you said the things up front. And so going back to you talking about even noticing how someone you're interviewing handles their systems, handles, handles their scheduling and their leadership of you, that like is really planting the seeds to be prepared for whatever pops up later. Because when you set things up to communicate in a healthy way, you are then like, it is a gift for you later when you actually have to. <laughs> and if you never talk about how you communicate, then you're just kind of experiencing each other. But as you said before, similar to dating, like it's helpful to know things up front about people. And so if that's not part of your interview process right now, like really asking people, like, how do you handle things when you're stressed out? How do you, if, if something is wrong, how would you like me to bring that up with you? What do you need to feel good? Like if you're doing a good job, how do you hear that praise? Like knowing that and even seeing if they're like, oh my God, I've never thought about this before. Or if they're like, yeah, absolutely. I love words of affirmation. It would feel so good to me if you could just put an emoji and slap, like knowing, just noticing the self-awareness of others. It's uh-huh. so important. Yeah, totally. And, and it's so funny you say like the, the whole like emojiing in, in Slack too. Mm-hmm. We say that all the time to our team, like with either between team members or with our clients, it doesn't matter. If you really are on the go type of person, just mm-hmm. tap that like button, tap that heart. <laughs> yeah. That's just let I people mean. know that like, you're there, you're, you're, you're there. listening. Yeah. I got you. I got you. It I means so much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> not micromanaging. It's not, it's really not too much to just let people know that like you're there, that you're available and that you're like happy and you don't need to be happy about everything. And it's okay to have your human experience, but just letting your team know that they're doing a good job goes a long way. Mm-hmm. I think that's like something people miss somewhere and like that. I know you talk about this too, kind of like in the, the relational dynamics that come up between assistant and 
a leader and kind of sometimes it can be that kind of like Ugh, you're here to serve right like yes that inner mm-hmm. old paradigm way of doing things where there's a hierarchy like no this is a real team we're here for each other a real team high fives as they run past each other like yes we're all going for the same goal exactly yep mm. I love it. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Can you tell us a little bit? So if people are interested in hiring a ninja, if they need an, someone from the agency to help their team be at that level, high fives on the field, making all the goals <laughs> via Slack. And then also would love to hear a little bit more about VEA Recoded in case anyone is listening and is like, I've been thinking about sliding on into the online world, or maybe you're already here and really ready to up level. Tell us what's going on and where to learn more. Absolutely. So for the our agency, so with our team, we're actually looking for two clients for the month of June. So there's two spots left open. So you can either hit the executiveninja.com and you can fill out the form under contact. And that really just kind of shows like tells me a little bit more about you before we jump on the call. Again, being very efficient and, and effective, leveraging our time with our call with each other. So it's not to say, hey, fill out the form and I'm going to reject you type of thing. It's really just to really get to know you and what you are about first. And then you could also send me an Instagram message as well. I'm really open to having conversations. I love having conversations with people, even random people. Yes, it's so funny how we read random strangers online when 10 years ago, we're like, don't talk to strangers. (laughs) All my best friends are from the internet. (laughs) Like basically 95% of my friends are strangers. I tell that to everybody. I'm like, yeah, Aaron, Tasha, Elisa, they're all my best friends, but I've never met them in person. (laughs) But yes, hit me on the Instagram at Rachel Everington, and we can definitely have a conversation and ask me all the questions. I'm very transparent, open-minded and, you know, whatever you are looking for, I'm able to support you in answering that question that you may have. And then as far as VA recorded, oh my gosh, I am very excited about this one. Oh my gosh, Erin, you knew my excitement when I figured out like the name. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to talk about why I called it VA recorded. So VA recorded came about, it was an aha moment. I was just going to call it based on my agency name, but then something lit up and that was being inspired by my BFFs in the online space is that what I really wanted this program is not only just to change it from either a VA to up level their skills and become an EA or an EA to up level their skills. It really was to what we were talking about earlier, just struck the paradigm of like what the help was. We were conditioned to be this assistant, conditioned to be the help, conditioned to be, no, you can't sit with us at the table type of thing. And so now I want to recode that. I want to recode it to for you to really feel confident and understand the value that you are able to provide when you can provide executive support and sit at the table. Yes, you can sit with us, right? And with this program, it is like I had mentioned for virtual assistants, executive assistants, whether you're virtual already, or if you, even if you were an executive assistant in the corporate world, looking to either up-level in the corporate world or just up-level even if you want to shift to the online space, really how to build and create that business with the foundational pieces. Yes, we're going to talk about packages, rates, your ideal client and all that good stuff. But the best part of it is more, again, the human relational piece. How can we shift and feel confident to sit at the table for the CEO team members to look at us as part of the leadership team and as partner? And I actually was just on my Instagram story before I jumped on this podcast. And I mentioned about one of the things that I'm really super excited about that no one has offered Hey, if you know someone who's offered it in their program, tell me because I highly doubt anyone did, but is I've added to this program a sales role play. 
And I realized a lot of people have a difficult time being confident, showing up for themselves, really how to navigate around a sales call. And I, I implemented a, a piece of the module is for us to role play. And then I become the client, you're my exec, that you are looking to work with me. And I will provide you feedback and how we can tweak what that looks like and still be you, still putting your energy to it, right? I love it, yes. I've done that before, like years ago in a program and it was so impactful, I think, made everyone very nervous, (laughs) but like, it's so helpful to actually talk through that in real time. So I love, love, love that you added that. And Rachel too, is a graduate of dynamic coach training. And I share that just because Rachel's ability to hold space and see you as who you are and allow for all of the humanness while helping you with the business is unmatched. And I can, I can truly say that knowing and working with you for six months in that. And I'm so, so, so excited for the women or people who step into this container. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know this is about me, but can we talk a little bit about dynamic coaching? <laughs> because I feel like it, it, it does You're matter. It, it is intertwined with VA recoded. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it does matter. And the reason I say this is because dynamic coaching really changed me as a coach and as a mentor, because I kind of did the things that Erin was talking about and what she, mm-hmm. you know, what she does for dynamic training, but I didn't have the confidence in it. I didn't know if I was creating harm or not. And being in this dynamic coaching training really helped me find myself as who I am as a coach and that it is okay the way I teach it, right? Mm-hmm. I want to attract the people who are attracted to the way I teach. Again, I said it on my Instagram stories, I am brutally honest, but with a lot of love, you know, and Erin holds space for me in that training where it works and still be able to create those human experiences with people when they're, when I am coaching them. So I appreciate you and I appreciate mm. that training. <laughs> Likewise. Oh, same. I'm so excited for this to be in the world. Finally, what was once a dream is here. So, so, so excited. Thank you so much for your generosity and sharing with us today. This has been like a really, really fun episode. And I think there's tons of value in here. If you're listening and you're like, uh, yeah, I have a page of notes message us, let us know what was actually helpful. (laughs) Would love to know. I'm thinking as we were talking through that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make like a conscious conversation. Like here's a guide thing. So if that's something that sounds exciting or interesting to you, let me know. And we will see you in the next episode. Rachel, thank you again so, so much. Thank you for you. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Erin. And I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.